Tonight at Ground Zero meetings, we're going to continue in our uh, sermon series going through the alphabet. And tonight's letter is N, stands for no. Some of you are probably going to get a little upset with me um, at some point with this, is because we don't like being told no. At least I don't like being told no. And um, ever since I could remember, in my earliest of years as a, a wee little lad, that I never accepted no. That I would bombard my mom over and over and over and over and over again until she gets so sick and tired of me that she just give in to me. You know, and what that trained me to be is a master manipulator. Any of us have issues with manipulation? No, none of us, right? You know, we, we accept no every time we hear it and we just quietly decide that that's a good no and we, we don't try to knock on those doors again. The problem is, is that, you know, without the ability to understand the word no, yes has no power. You know, in the early 80s, Nancy Reagan, you know, gave us a slogan to just say no to drugs. And that worked really well. <clears throat> I think that in the history of addiction, that, that's probably never worked. I remember in the fifth grade, we had notebooks of some subject or another, and it, and it had that slogan on the front of it, and I crossed it out, and I put, say yes to drugs. And my mom got all upset at me. And I didn't even really know what that was going on. Like, at that point, I wasn't even thinking about drugs that was just rebellious so it's like say no I'm gonna say yes you know it's like you tell me to go left I'm going right twice just so you know that your no means nothing to me you know I remember in you know in my adolescence in my teenage years you know I was a criminal you know I, I got arrested every year you know from the time that I was 15 to the time that I was 26 years old I got arrested at least once a year I remember that it was like a rejoicing moment that I went an entire year without getting arrested and I was in my late 20s that I remember so clearly so many times that you'd sit around and you're smoking bongs with your friends and you're thinking about all the, the laws that you've broken in a day. You know, how many times have we drunk drive? How many times do we break the speed limit? How many times do we drive without our seatbelt? I did some of that today, except for the drinking and driving thing. But anyway, you know, we don't like the law. We don't like to behave. We want to do what we want to do. You know, but, you know, God has a lot to say about the word no. God says no a lot, and we don't like it. You know, and we try to pretend like we don't hear it. You know, how many times have we been on the way to go somewhere and God says, that's a bad idea. You're like, la, 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 I don't hear you. How many times have we been praying to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes over and says, hey, that's not really a good idea. And we're like, shh, 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 quiet, I'm praying. You know, and we hear the voice of God, we just don't like what he says. So then we find some good scriptures, because we're good Christians, and we start naming and claiming and, and start, you know, proclaiming certain things and we stand on certain verses and this is my verse and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me except receive the word no. 
you know, that how many times have we been in the process of dating somebody and we're like, this is probably not a good idea. I'll spend another couple years doing this. I remember my very first girlfriend, I think I was six months into the relationship, and I'm like, I hate this woman's guts. I spent three more years with her. You know, why? Because I don't want to, to hear the word no. I don't want to not do what I want to do. I remember in early recovery, is you know, you, you learn the serenity prayer. You know, I was an atheist, so I didn't pray that prayer. You know, you can't pray. You know, I don't believe in that. You know, and eventually coming into the understanding that there must be something out there because I'm alive. And you start kind of looking through the, the prayers and, and the recovery literature. And, you know, and, you know, as I, God grant me the serenity, accept the things I cannot change. Wait a minute. There's nothing I can't change. Why? Because I will manipulate whatever situation I need to manipulate to get what I want. So this prayer doesn't make any sense to me. You know, but how many times have we pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed to get what we want? And in the end, it's not what we want. And in the end, it, we, we receive such a repercussion for the very thing that we think we want that it completely destroys it. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, the tribes were led through the prophets and the priests. You know, but all the nations that were around them had kings. And God was taking them through and they were wiping out this nation and wiping out that nation. And they got this bright idea that, well, they had kings, I want a king. And they started telling the prophets and the priests that we want a king. And the prophets would say, no, that's a bad idea. And they're like, we want a king. Like, no, that's a bad idea. We want a king. And God decided, have a king, but you're going to pay the consequences of this. And for hundreds of years, hundreds of years, they paid the consequence for the desire of their heart. Now, Jesus tells us if we pray in his name that he gives us the desires of his, our hearts. But the desires of our hearts don't always match up with his will. And he's not going to give us the desires of our heart if it's going to turn us to sin. In his foreknowledge and in his sovereignty, he knows that certain things are a bad idea. But he also says that you can do whatever you want, but not everything's beneficial. You know, if you can do it and you're not convicted of the sin, then have a blast. But don't cause your brothers or your sisters to stumble those that are around you. You know, so this gives us freedom in Christ. You know, however, that we are to live with this holy conviction upon our hearts that he's guiding us. But so often, as we're walking with Christ, he tells us no or wait, and we don't like that answer. I want what I want when I want it. And I want two of them, please. Because my problem is more. Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing is ever good enough. I am never satisfied with whatever I get. It does not matter what it is. I pursue it. I get it. It's not enough. I'm on to the next thing. It might help make me happy for just a moment. But it doesn't sustain me. It doesn't satisfy me because it's not Jesus. And so often he tells us no 
because he wants us to look to him for the solution and that he is technically the solution, that he is the answer to every question. We just have to figure out the question. And if Jesus is not the center, if Jesus is not the very thing that can satisfy us, if Jesus isn't the one that we are pursuing, we're going to run into a dead end and be very dissatisfied and be very empty and be very broken. And we're like, but this is what I wanted. Well, doesn't God want me to be happy? No. Not necessarily. Because we've been happy in sin. But how often does that that happiness end in destruction, end in brokenness, end in emptiness, end in depression, end in anxiety? Why? Because sin can be pleasurable for a night, but it consumes us. But his righteousness is like a cedar of Lebanon that it grows over time. That learning to accept our no's and learning to to press forward into his goes, that we begin to learn how to follow him and realize that some of his no's are for our benefit. That he's not trying to hurt us when he says no. He's trying to protect us. That many years ago now, as I was praying for certain things to fall into place in my life and, 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 and just getting really angry that things weren't happening the way that I thought they should. And I would tell him, I'm like, you could wave your little pinky at this and you could give me what I want. I don't understand why you don't give me what I want. And I'm so angry and the Holy Spirit just kicks in. He's like, Tom, you can get as angry as you want. You can't manipulate me with your anger. And it like stopped me in my tracks. Because it helped me to realize that I've used my anger to huff and puff my whole entire life to get what I wanted. And God is not one that can be mocked. He's not one that can be manipulated. He's not one that can be controlled. Because if we have a Jesus that can be controlled, we got the wrong Jesus. If we got a God that we can push around, if we got a God that when we pray, he does what we want, we got the wrong God. Because the God that we're really serving is ourselves. And so often we want Jesus to bow his knee to us in his name so that we can get our will accomplished and then I'll be happy. And Jesus doesn't realize how I should be happy and therefore he doesn't realize how he's hurting me. So therefore I'm going to back up from him and I'm not going to read and I'm not going to worship and I'm not going to serve him and I'm not and I'm not and I'm not. Wham, wham, wham. I'm two years old. You took my, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And so often his no's are to, to work on our character because he wants us to strengthen up. Because when he says no, there's something he's protecting us from. Or he's wanting us to wait for something better. Many years ago now, you know, there was a, a young woman in the church, and and she was starting to to serve and do different things. And I was praying, and and God said no. And I'm like, I didn't really hear that, Jesus. So I, I'm going to continue to pray, and some more time went by, and you know, another moment would appear, and, and I would pray, and He would say no. And this went on for several months. 
And eventually I'm like, God, you know, I, I really think this one's the one. And he's like, well, go ahead. And that gave me the green light. And I went and she rejected me and she didn't want anything to do with me. And then I got all upset. But I got rejected. And how come this didn't happen? Da, 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 da. And Jesus kicked in, I told you no. And so often we don't want to hear these no's because we still want what we want. That we try to bypass the voice of the Holy Spirit and we pretend like we're not hearing him. And that we get distracted and we get this going and we get that going and we get all these things moving and all of a sudden we got all these new voices and all these different things going on and all of a sudden our brain's running a million miles an hour and it's like we've lost the voice of the Holy Spirit because we've got so many things moving in our lives that it allows us to bob and weave however we choose. But God told me a long time ago that a seed needs to sit still. It has to technically die before it will ever produce fruit, will produce life. And I don't know about you, but I don't like sitting still. You know, and there were so many times as I've been serving the Lord and being the, the minister or the leader of this lovely group. You know, I was the, the ministry leader to celebrate recovery for over a decade. And then we changed the name to Ground Zero Meetings so that we could put the podcast on the, on the, on the web. And, um, there were so many times that I wasn't getting what I wanted. So I thought that this wasn't God's will for me. And I would get so upset that this wasn't falling into place and this wasn't falling into place and I wasn't getting this. And the list goes on and on of how I would get so frustrated with a no that I would find every alternative and I would find people that would begin to agree with me. I would find people that would jump on my bandwagon and tell me what I needed to hear that gives me the liberty to do what I think is best. And there were so many times and I'm on the verge of sending an email. There's so many times I'm on the verge of sending a text message. There's so many times that I'm on the verge that I'm going to go to the church and I'm going to say that I'm going to step down. And I'm like, literally, there's been times that I'm walking out the door on my way. And I hear the Holy Spirit says, do you trust me? And in that moment, every one of my actions is not trusting him. But being a good Christian, I have to say yes. Because I want to trust him. I truly, in the desire of my heart, I want to trust Jesus. But I don't. Why? Because I'm broken and I'm afraid. And I'm about to go. And he asks me, do you trust me? Say, yes, I trust you. Sit still. Sit still? That's not the answer that I want to hear. And this went on for years. Years I wanted to quit. Years I wanted to run away. Years that he'd ask me, do you trust me? And I'd say, yes. And I'd sit still. Rah! It got to the point that I'd get so frustrated with the voice telling me to sit still that I'd be yelling back at him, you need to say something else. Because I can't accept the fact that you're telling me no. No is a tough word to swallow when we don't want to hear it. But I'm so grateful 
that I've received God's no's through the years. And I can look back over my life now and see how that girl that I wanted to pursue was really in a lot of adulterous relationships and she was going out to the bars and hooking up with guys. Even though she was coming to church and playing the part. I didn't see the other side. And it wasn't until after the fact that God revealed to me that was a big no. But I didn't see that. So I only saw a part. God sees it all. And so often we don't trust that God knows everything. And we only think that we know what's best. Right? Because I'm the knower of everything. No, I'm really not. I barely have a hold of the things that are going on in my own life. And yet I want to control my own life and let me help you and you and you and you with your life as well because I know everything. And God sometimes backs us up and says, sit still. Let me show you that there's a better way. And sometimes we won't sit still long enough to see that his way is better and we try helping him. And then craziness begins to happen, and then we blame him for it. And the truth of the matter is, when we really peel back all our nonsense, the Holy Spirit's been saying a lot to us. But we're like, la, 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 I can't hear you in the name of Jesus. We want to grow in our relationship. I want to have this intimate relationship with Jesus. I want to be in his presence as long as he doesn't tell me no. As long as he does what I want him to do. As long as my will is done. But all of a sudden these things get redirected and changed and modified. and Sometimes we're going in the complete opposite direction than where we think we should be going. And we're like, no, Jesus is like, no, I got you. And like, this doesn't seem like it's the right idea. I'm supposed to go over there. It was like real close. And he's like, I know, but that was not good for you. So I blocked that. He's the one that shuts the doors that no man can shut. He's the one that opens doors that no man can open. But I want to open the doors that I want to open. And I want to shut the doors that I want to shut. In the name of Tom, because I'm super holy. If we truly want to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we have to receive his no. And there may be a series of no's, but I promise you when his yes shows up, it's so much more worth it than any one of those no's could have ever been stacked on top of each other. And yet we get so distracted by the thing that we want right here, right now, that we lose sight of where he's trying to take us and even where we want to go. But we don't really want to go through the process. We want to like bypass all the, the difficult stuff and just poof over into eternity. Let me get raptured now in the name of Jesus. I don't want to suffer anymore. You know, but the process is where our character is, is produced and, and perseverance is established in us. That there's really a lot of work to do. There's a lot of people out there that don't know Jesus. I'm not sure if you've really recognized any of them lately. 
This world is absolutely insane. And if we don't start receiving some of God's no's, we look a lot like they do. And then they don't want what we have because we don't look any different than them. What if God says no to a relationship? What if God says no to a relationship for a long time? What if God says no to a job? But I really want it. This is what I want. I thought I was what I what you wanted. Well, I, I do want you, but I, I really want this job too. Can we, we, we make a deal? Like, I was working at the tattoo shop, and it's where I got sober and really started pursuing Jesus. I mean, I was coming to church a year prior and relapsed and then finally got back on my feet. And I spent a few months working at the shop, reading my Bible right there at the front desk and reading The Purpose Driven Life and started coming to church and started this and started that. And in The Purpose Driven Life, there's different chapters. And at the end of each chapter, there's some questions. And and at the end of one of those chapters, it, it says, what can you do right now to take temptation out of your life? And I just look up. And I'm like, time to go but Jesus has been telling me it's time to go for weeks because I started praying God show me what's in the way between me and you and he's like uh, the tattoo shop and I, and I don't hear you you're God you can do better than that my will be done remember in your name Jesus and so often we're trying to accomplish our own will and throwing some Jesus on there. And we wonder why things are all crazy. Over and over and over again, as I would pray, God, show me what's in the way between me and you. Time to leave the tattoo shop. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I rebuke you, Satan. Many of us are rebuking the Holy Spirit in the name of Satan because it's not what we want to hear. And you know what? The voice became so loud and clear because I truly wanted Jesus that he said it's time to go. And it was like ringing in my ears that at the point it's like it's time to go. And I was scared. This is my identity. This is my, my, my money. This is my, the job that I've always wanted. I've been working hard to get to that place. And Jesus is like, eh, time to go. And I remember packing up all my stuff and, and meeting my bosses and saying, I can't work here anymore. It's time for me to leave. And I went to volunteer in the inner city feeding kids for free. And I'm like, you are insane. You're losing your mind for Jesus. Like, you need to wake up out of this stuff. This is, you're, lo- you're, you're one of those crazy, born-again people. Oh, yeah, yeah. What am I doing? The first day that I was working at one of the schools right around the corner from here, this kid was giving me a hard time about picking up trash that he threw down on the ground right in front of me, and I swore at him. I'm like, Listen. I'm like, oops, I'm not supposed to do that. And I went to the lady that was running, and I'm like, uh, I just want you to know I swore that kid over there. She's like, you can't do that. I'm like, I know, but he deserved it. And I'm like, 
Doing my best over here. I got like three months of this Jesus stuff. Within a few weeks of going there every day, the kids were so excited to see me come there. And I'm like, and it started to really soften my heart. Because that whole commandment about loving your neighbor, I did not understand that. I thought like hit your neighbor in the face with a shovel was a way better commandment. He just missed it. And as I started to go and love on people and serve people, and it wasn't about money, and it was about just being kind to people that were less unfortunate, those kids don't have any. Any of those kids don't get fed because their parents are using their food stamps for things that they shouldn't be using them for, and they're running around all day because the parents are doing whatever they're doing, and sometimes the parents are doing the best that they can, and they're actually working, and they don't have babysitters, so this summer they're just running the streets. And we provided a service to hang out with these kids and play kickball and, and different you know games with them and feed them. And God really started to soften my heart and show me compassion in a way that I'd never seen it in my entire life as I began to serve Jesus for free. Because I received a no, finally. And in that process, God started to show me that, you know, I want to take you to some other places. And it was really scary. You know, I, I decided to do, become an intern at the church, and that was a trip. You know, here I am, 30 years old, hanging out with teenagers. And I'm standing in the lobby, and I'm like, I'm losing my mind again. I thought I already went crazy three times. And I'm like, I just wish one of my old friends would show up at the church and be like, Tom, you're losing your mind. Come with me. And I'm like, yes, finally. And the Holy Spirit says, look how much better your life has been in just a few months. Just a few months of serving me. Look how you've changed. Just take this next step with me. And I remember taking that first step through that fear of wanting to run away and realizing that fear is an illusion. It's all this stuff manifested and made up in my mind. And there's times that I have to literally tell myself no. But I've never been good at telling myself no. Hey, do you want to smoke this joint? No, I don't think I do. It's never come out of my mouth. Do you want another line? No, I, I think I'm good. Do you want another beer? No. Do you want to have sex? No. I've never been good at no. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm a horrible knower. And eventually, we finally get so broken that we get in recovery, and they're like, just say no to drugs. And I'm like, oh, my God, Nancy Reagan, shut up. <laughs> and literally, the first few weeks that you're trying to, to walk with Christ and stay away from sin, you have to tell yourself no like a million times a day. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, I hate this word. But eventually, these no's begin to produce life. You know, I want, I want, I want, no, 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 I don't want. Well, I want, no, you don't want. You know, and I had to convince myself that a drink and a drug is going to make my life worse because a drink and a drug was my higher power. It was my God. Every time I would turn to a bottle and a bag, at least the pressure would be off. At least the noise in my head would go away. Every time that I felt lonely, I would turn to a woman. 
every time that, you know, something would go on, I would reach for something, not Jesus. And I had to start telling myself no to these things because every time I reach to one of these things, more brokenness begins to happen in my life. No matter how many times I try to do certain things, I get the same result. You know, and I love some of the terminology in that I have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I have to get so sick of doing this over and over and over again, expecting something different to happen. And it's always the same or worse. That I have to learn to say no to myself. And I have to say yes to Jesus. Many years ago, you know, Jesus being tricky, Jehovah sneaky, he showed me a scripture that, you know, Jesus says, you're either with me or you're against me. There is like no middle ground. You know, and it's like, what does that mean? And I started really looking at, you know, certain areas of my life. And I'm like, this isn't Jesus. You know, I need to change that. You know, and one thing for me is the music I listen to. You know, some of the TV shows that I watched. You know, some of the movies that I really enjoyed. You know, like, and I started to have to say no to certain things. And saying yes to Jesus in those areas. That he started to show me that it's... It's yes, Jesus, and no devil, or it's no, Jesus, and yes, devil. There's really no middle ground. Well, I'm just not really, I'm not choosing sides. Like, you choosing a side by not choosing a side. <laughs> so he started to teach me, no devil, yes, Jesus. No devil, yes, Jesus. No devil, yes, Jesus. And then he moves me to Noise Street, which is no yes street. <laughs> and it's like, you can't make this stuff up. You literally cannot make this stuff up. Not only did I move to No Yes Street, I moved to a house that Jesus gave me. That when we begin to serve the Lord and when we begin to deny ourselves, say no to Tom and yes to Jesus, he begins to make our way straight. He begins to order our steps. Now, that doesn't mean that we do si do every now and again, because we all will. We're sinners. But once we decide that I'm going to serve Jesus, and I'm going to say no to the devil, and I'm going to say no to Tom, and I'm going to say deny myself and yes to Jesus, I'm going to crucify myself and say yes to Jesus, I'm going to do whatever it takes and say yes to Jesus, that these no's become so powerful That they're like sand on the seashore. We don't really realize that they're accumulating. They're accumulating. They're accumulating. They're accumulating. No, 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 no. And then Jesus finally says yes to something. And it's the greatest thing that we could have ever. We're in awe. Tears are rolling down our face. I can't believe this is happening. Most of us, if not all of us, in this room have had one of those experiences, if not several. But yet, how come we go right back to the things that we should be saying no to when we say yes again? I have a sin nature. You know, and I need to continue to grow in my intimacy with Jesus so that I don't continue to go into places I don't really want to go. You know, it's so important that we learn to say no to people. 
And it's so important that we learn to say no to ourselves. Now, I'm not a parent yet, and some of you are. And if your child wants to eat ice cream and lollipops for every meal, and you say yes, you're going to have some serious issues. And so often, that's us as adults, that I want to live on sin. And Jesus is like, no. Here, have some bread of life. Have some word. Here, look, this is why I'm saying no. I mean, if you really dial it back to the beginning, that one man should be a virgin and one woman should be a virgin and they get married and they stay together forever, that if we live that way, there'd be no STD. That he's not telling us no to take pleasure away. He's telling us no to take pain and sin away. That many of us in here have had such broken relationships that it's crippled us for a season or more. You know, there was a time in my life that I was very suicidal and very depressed because of a broken relationship that I shouldn't have been in. And then through that relationship, because of how broken I was, is when I found Jesus or Jesus came and got me, however you want to look at it. And then they tell me, if you pray in Jesus' name, he gives you the desires of your heart. So what am I praying for? That girl. And Jesus is like, I said no to that. So this will be fun. You know, as I'm praying for this girl in the name of Jesus because he's going to give me the desires of my heart and he's telling me no and I'm not accepting it because I'm going to pray for the desire of my heart in the name of Jesus and he's going to give me what I want. That Jesus becomes my genie in a bottle that if I just rub my Bible enough times I can make wishes. And he's trying to break me out of that mindset. The desire of my heart it should be him. And he gives me more of him when I pray to him. He's like, here, have some more of me. Like, can I have more of you and her too? Like, no. Like, but... You know, there's times that he's breaking us free from things with a harsh no. And we think it's harsh. January 2006... You know, I was in the midst of my addiction. I was hiring a kite. I was sleeping with two different women at the same time and juggling them, and they didn't know that I was doing that. And I was thinking that my life was great. I was working where I wanted to work. I got a lot of money for drugs, and I, I got two different girlfriends that they don't know about each other. And I remember clear as day, high, pretty high, like floating high, that the Lord told me the next woman I slept with was going to have my children. And I haven't had sex since. It still took me four more months to get sober. But his no was so powerful that the fear of the Lord that begins wisdom, it literally shook me. Now, if you look at it, that the next woman I sleep with will be my wife. So he spoke a promise into me, but in my sin, I received it as a threat. 
There's so many times that He speaks no's into our lives, but because we're so in sin, entrenched in ourselves, we can't receive it because we don't see it from His perspective. That He has promises all over our lives if we would just align ourselves with Him. That just imagine there's this book that is our life. And up to this point, we basically know whatever chapter has in it because we've been living it. So we know what chapter 1 is and 2 is and 3 and 4 and so on. And what if we actually do get to heaven someday and Jesus hands us the book of our life and we have eternity to read it and we get to the end of the book and there's 20 plus chapters that aren't written. And it says blessings on the top of every top of that page. Not just in the next life, but in this life as well. But because we wouldn't receive his no's, we couldn't get his yeses. And so often we're trying to get our own yeses and bypassing his no's. And the last time that I ever got my own will accomplished, I still wasn't satisfied. And every time I waited on the Lord, I was overwhelmed with how amazing He is. Yeah. This is something that's deep in our character that has to get worked on, and we'll fail at it regularly. But we begin to hear His no, that we realize that He's not t- taking us away from something that could be pleasurable. He's protecting us from something that could be very painful and the better at we are the better we are at hearing his voice and listening to his no we may not always understand it we may never technically understand it a lot of times the hindsight 2020 as we look back over our lives we see how he's protected us over and over and over again haven't we I should be dead. Many of us in this room should be dead. And yet we sit here. Because Jesus said no to us losing our lives. And many of us in here know people that who have lost their lives. And I can't explain that. You're going to have to talk to Jesus later. But I'm here, and you are, because he's got a purpose and a plan for us that goes far beyond what we're doing right now. If we would surrender our lives to him, we would commit to pursuing Him and not our own agendas in the midst of our Christianity. I can't even imagine what He's got. You know, Genesis 50-20, you know, as Joseph is looking out over really his inheritance because the Pharaoh would put him in second charge. You know, he can read his story in Genesis. That it says, what the enemy intended for evil, God will use for his glory. That Jesus will use our sin, Jesus will use our pain, Jesus will use our dysfunction, Jesus will use every terrible thing that's ever happened to us and every terrible thing that we've ever done to somebody else for his glory. If we stop trying to run the show and surrender ourselves and put ourselves at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I'm ready to do it your way. Now there is something that 
someone told me many, many years ago. And it's changed my life. That I had a man speak into my life. And this is when I was a baby Christian and I didn't let any man speak into my life because I got daddy issues. And he was saying it to a group of people, but it hit me hard. And I don't know if it hit anybody else in that group of people, but it definitely was Holy Ghost for me. And he said, who is in your life right now that can tell you no and will stop you in your tracks? And in my head, I'm like, I wouldn't let anyone tell me no. And because I don't ever let anyone ever tell me no, I have a track record of years of destruction. Because I didn't receive no, I spent some time in orange jumpsuit with beautiful little bracelets on. Because I don't receive no's. Many of us in here, because we don't receive no's, we've brought a lot of pain in our lives. The truth in the matter is that the person that's hurt us the most in our life is ourselves. Because we don't know how to do no. So I encourage you that if you don't have someone in your life right now that you're close enough to, that knows you well enough, that knows what's going on in your life, that you trust them enough to be able to say, hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, no, that's a bad idea. And you trust their judgment. That's something that you have to work on. Because it's biblical. Now there's times that the men of the church, pastors of the church have spoken into my life and said no. And I've gotten really angry. And as I go away from my no moment and I pray, I have a choice. Either I can listen or I can run. And in the past, I would have ran. But that moment when he said, who is in your life right now that can tell you no? It stuck with me through the years. And I've listened to that no. Because I've learned that if I do things my way, if I get what I want, my will be done. There is pain and destruction coming 100% of the time. That I know. Maybe their no is wrong. But I know that my yes is definitely wrong. And so often when we run, nothing good ever happens. And we have to learn to set in some of these no's, whether they're from the Holy Spirit or they're from friends even, spiritual leaders. Because if we don't begin to learn to, to hear and receive no, our yeses just turn into lots and lots of pain. So important, so important that we begin to respect this word and not just bypass it like we have so many, many, many times. So I encourage you to find your accountability people. Let people in close to you. You know, what Jesus told me a long time ago is, who's your three? But Jesus always had Peter, James, and John around him. That wherever he went, the twelve followed, but the three went to intimate moments. You know, if Jesus had three people around him all the time, how much more should we have three people that are pretty close to us? 
you know, a verse that sticks with me is that one man standing alone will be defeated by the enemy. Two people can fight back to back to overcome the enemy, and three people interwoven like a cord can be as strong to overcome. So often we live a life of isolation, and we don't know how to receive no, and we find ourselves in all these painful situations, and we wonder where God is. You know, and we name it and claim it, and we proclaim the name of Jesus. But yet we don't know how to have relationships. And every one of us in here has been betrayed. Every one of us in here has been lied to. Every one of us in here has probably been cheated on at one level or another, whether it's money or sexual. But that can't prevent us from building relationships with people. Because we need our brothers and sisters in Christ. So on some level, we have to start telling ourselves no to the isolation that we are constantly in. You know, and there's a season for it. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with spending time by yourself. But if you're finding yourself constantly in these yes destruction moments, we have to start allowing people in to help us because we don't have the ability to say no to ourselves. You know, and allowing people in and saying, I'm struggling in this area. Will you pray with me? You know, it can be as simple as a text message. Hey, I'm struggling today. Will you pray? You don't even have to tell them what's going on. But it starts the process of building relationships so that two people can fight back to back so they can overcome and begin to say no in our own life and help them to say no in theirs. So I encourage you, and I have to encourage myself to receive his notes because there's times that we want what we want still today. And we, we pray, and it's like, God, I want this thing. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Not everything that we want today is a bad thing. But sometimes it's a timing thing. That God showed me that sometimes he says no, because in the season that we're in, we can't handle the yes. And if he gave us what we really wanted in the season that we're in, we would destroy it. So that we need a couple more seasons of some no's so our character gets strengthened so that when we get the yes, that we have the yes forever. That I don't want to get into something that I shouldn't have before I'm ready for it. And so often I've, I've done that my whole life. Gimme, gimme, gimme. You know what? It's important for us to already start to analyze some of the no's that we've already received and backtrack a little bit and be like, Ooh, maybe I need to take some more Jesus time. And I promise you, I promise you, if you wait on the Lord, his timing is perfect. And I've struggled with that so much through the years and at times still struggle with it. I'm not going to lie to you, but I've learned that his no's lead me to some pretty great yeses. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, help us to hear your voice. Help us to live your will for our lives, not our own. Help us to grow into the men and women that you've called us to be. Help us to align our hearts with you, Lord, that you are the only thing that can satisfy us. Help us to recognize the idols that are still in our lives and destroy these things. 
Help us to break off certain relationships that we should get out of. Help us to get away from certain places that we still visit. Help us to let go of things that we think are are what we want, but you continue to show us that it's not good for us. Lord, help us to receive your no and to believe that when we say yes to Jesus, that you have so much better things in store for us than we could ever imagine. That we can't even imagine what you would have for us if we would truly, truly lay our lives down and chase after you. Lord, I just ask that you'd help each and every one of us take that next step through the fear and trust you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen.